Nolora, smart ideas in a changing industry. Over the past five years, Nolora has worked with a variety of institutions to develop smarter ideas in the dynamic area of online education. These ideas and sophisticated analytical tools have guided institutions in identifying and developing new opportunities for growth. Together, we can leverage our expertise to increase the success of your students. Learn more at www.nolora.com. Back when colleges first started experimenting with teaching online, pundits mused that competition for college students would one day be global. A student could sit down on a computer and take a course literally from anywhere. It seemed like possibly a crazy thing to predict, considering that these early internet courses were reading lectures that were typed out and just doing some online discussion and sending in assignments via email. But the day of global competition for higher education is actually here. And interestingly, some of the world's most famous universities were the last to get into the act. That's what struck me this summer when I met Simon Nelson, head of a company called FutureLearn. It's a spin-off of the British Open University, designed to deliver MOOCs, those free, massive online courses. More than 60 colleges across the UK and Europe have partnered with FutureLearn to deliver their courses, mirroring trends of, of the growth of these online classes in the US. For better or worse, colleges now have to realize they face competition from everywhere. Hello and welcome to the Chronicle of Higher Education's Relearning Podcast. I'm Jeff Young, and I sat down with Nelson this summer during the EdTechX Europe conference. Nelson isn't an academic. He spent most of his career as a media exec, leading digital experiments at the BBC. And that background shapes his thinking about how colleges can adapt to changing technologies. Here is some of our conversation. It seems like it's a really different world for colleges, um, and it all changed in a pretty rapid time. How much of the challenge now is going to be using, whether it's MOOCs or online education, whatever version, uh, whether it's free or partially free or some sort of along the spectrum of being a fully traditionally paid but online course. Um, how much do you think that it's going to be this global competition now? And, and that's a big, I mean, what does that mean for even places like the Open University, but even more so maybe for old brick and mortar universities? Well, I think uh, there's a few things in what you say. So firstly, I completely agree with you that um, you know, kind of MOOCs and on, the online learning world in general have now converged effectively. And, um, you know, we definitely see ourselves as um, a partner to our universities in embracing a whole range of digital opportunities and not just a MOOC platform for them. Right. Um, in terms of that, that global aspect of competition, um, I think that many of the top institutions can still do perfectly well uh, just focusing on their core business. And that's going to sustain them for a long time. So those early predictions of the death of the universities, you know, the whole swathes of universities going out of business in a few short years, not only were they wrong, they're pretty unhelpful because they're, they're so far-fetched that many of those institutions... So there's not that fear factor as much well, look, for, I, for I, traditional universities. I, I think it depends at what level in the sector they are. So the top ones... I think they know that they have brands and you know certain protections in markets that are, are going to survive and thrive. But uh, I think there are you know lower or middle level tiers who are much more nervous. The key to my mind is, and whenever I'm talking to them, it's I'm not going to come in here and and try and threaten you, and try and tell you you know uh, of all the doom that lies ahead. You've got plenty of other digital gurus who'll come in and tell you that. 
But my God, you're missing opportunities. This market that is opening up before you, you know, this global market, this ability to think beyond uh, your traditional age group, many of them still obsessed by purely 18 to 25-year-olds. Hold on a minute, guys. You know, since when did learning need to stop at 25? And who has, you know, the world's greatest educators within, often within physical walls, it's yourselves. So if you can just, you know, actually get a digital mindset into the organisation and say, listen, we understand that currently this is a a tiny percentage of what you're going to achieve in analogue. But look at other industries where people were faced with that same dilemma. And you know what? The, industry, the, the incumbents who really thrived in those industries, including the BBC, by the way, um, are the ones who said, well, even though it's disproportionately small, we're going to put this to the centre because this is where it's going. And you know what? Things may just start happening faster than you imagine because there could be all sorts of disruption around the corner. So it's opportunities in front of people that I prefer to put. And... Is there going to be an impact from global? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Is it going to be of the type that was predicted at the beginning? No. But suddenly, I remember someone telling me um, uh, he was working in the publishing industry, print publishing. And uh, his business, you know, effectively was was destroyed uh, over a few years. And he said to me, when digital disruption comes, people imagine it's like an iceberg and... uh, you know, there's sort of steady erosion and suddenly you're shrinking, shrinking. He says, it's not like that. He says, you wake up one morning and your north half has just fallen into the sea and you didn't see it coming at all and you're like, how the hell did that happen? And I don't know what those things might be, um, but I quite like to help prepare my partners for those eventualities and say, you know what? There'll be opportunities that come from it. I guess one of the things that I'm curious about are MOOCs, done? Is it going to be something, in a way, like, obviously you're still doing MOOCs, but are, is it going to end up being more important as a catalyst for other things and that maybe even um, MOOCs themselves will will sort of stick around but not grow as much in the future um, and that universities will use this as a more of a stepping stone to getting into online? Is that a possibility instead of the MOOCs being a kind of transitional stage? Well, look, I, I think universities are using MOOCs in a whole range of much more strategic ways. So to teach their own students, to create pathways into their uh, core programs, uh, to work in different ways with employers and transform the way they offer training and development services to them, etc. I don't see any of that uh, narrowing the supply of free open courses to the world. Actually, I think it's going to significantly expand it. Because in a digital world, being able to sort of navigate that boundary between free, open content that attracts mass audiences, but then play with the moments at which you transfer people into premium products or introduce paywalls, etc., that's a key you know, skill that people need to develop. So I think we're going to pull off both tricks. You know, I think we are deepening our relationship with universities, they're using um, uh, our platform uh, as, and, and the MOOCs they can develop with us uh, in whole new different ways that are core to their business. But as a result, you know, if you look at how many courses we're delivering, you know, last year it was less than 200. This year it'll be nearly 600. 
and next year we've already got you know hundreds and hundreds in and we're like you know months and months before so there isn't any lessening of demand that we're seeing and when i go to these you know american universities i'm talking to again you know have these guys gone oh we tried MOOCs and now we're walking away certainly not they're looking to actually significantly expand diversify the range of platforms they're working on um, and you know make even more substantial use of them so i think I think MOOCs are only going to grow, but what's going to happen is the, um, their credibility and their value is going to significantly increase. So, you know, we've just launched um, FutureLearn programs which enable people for the first time uh, uh, on FutureLearn to uh, do a sequence of courses that build to more valuable qualifications. And some of those qualifications are going to be uh, professionally accredited, some of them academically accredited. So you can do four courses plus an assessment with the Open University. That will count as 15 credits towards uh, an MBA. So before, I think, you know, some of the value of MOOCs has been, you know, slightly less clear. But actually, you're going to see so much more, you know, um, of a... uh, valuable qualifications associated with these things over the next few years. I think the future is very rosy for this area. So those that, that think that the MOOC hype is over, maybe some of the biggest hype is over, but they're not over in any, by any means. Not by any means. And, you know, they really shouldn't have believed that hype at the beginning, I would say. When I was at the BBC, um, so I, uh, I was in charge of all digital activities, firstly for radio, but then I moved over to TV. And uh, as the TV industry started to get digital and the fact that it was arriving, and by the way, it was massively overhyped there as well. So, you know, senior execs running around going, oh, my God, we won't have TV channels in three years' time. Um, But um, what people got really excited about is, hey, we can put video on the Internet. And for a while, that was fresh and exciting and uh, uh, a new way of distribution, etc. But... That isn't the real power of a connected medium for transforming the way you tell stories. Um, and so I think, you know, even in TV now, as that industry matures, we're still just at the beginning of what's going to be possible with new forms of entertainment and storytelling. And some of the new entrants are really starting to stretch that. In education, my word, we are absolutely in the prehistoric ages of what is going to be possible. And I guess our, our key is to, we, we believe, we see a lot of other players in the market who go to established institutions and say, don't worry, give it all to us and we'll do it for you. We don't believe digital transformation happens like that. We need to train those institutions to adapt to this new world and give them the tools and empower those educators to actually take things on to the next level. Very exciting moment. And what, what else would you say you've learned from your background in, in media at the BBC um, that you now bring to, you know, the, the academic delivery of courses or leading that? Oh, gosh. Well, uh, I, when I was in uh, BBC Radio, I had to work across um, initially five national radio stations, uh, and then we launched a whole load of new ones. Um, they weren't used to working together. Because in an analogue world, they just kind of didn't have to. Mm-hmm. It was the same when I moved over to BBC Television. And then you also had you know, all these different sort of areas of output. You had the drama department, you had the comedy department, you had the factual department, you had the children's department. And in my, my belief has always been the web rewards, you know, kind of joined up solutions that 
you know, break down some of those traditional silos between areas. So one of the things as I go into, you know, this wonderful opportunity I've been given, I'm working with 60 universities, each of which has, you know, God knows how many faculties, how many academics, and trying to explain to them and, and encourage them all to think in a more joined up way that they don't each individually have to design a new um, user experience specifically for their course or their subject area, um, that uh, they can learn from each other, that a joined-up approach and actually working together to make an impact globally is better than each individual university trying to come up with its own approach. I guess that's one of many parallels I see from those 15 hard but amazing years at the BBC um, and the three and a bit you know, hard but even more amazing years in higher education. Great. Well, I think we'll leave it at there. Thanks again for joining us today. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks very much. This has been the Relearning Podcast. It's part of the Chronicle of Higher Education's coverage of innovation at colleges. If you like it, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and take a moment to give it a rating. You can sign up for our free newsletter or read our articles at chronicle.com relearning. Today's show was edited and produced by me, Jeff Young, and you can follow me on Twitter at JR Young. We'll be back in two weeks with more conversations about the new learning landscape.